Hey, 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 Brandon Beliso. I'm here in the mothership. I'm at actually One Martial Arts Mowbray. It is Friday, October 21st. October 21st, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on the West Coast. One Martial Arts Mowbray. This is, this is, this is, this is Success Never Sleeps with who? Me. Brandon Beliso, where we work together as a collective, uh, trying to figure out this thing called life, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, but more so in our martial arts schools, in our small businesses, in creating a version of success where we are happy, balanced, whole, financially, emotionally, physically, mentally, in every way possible. How many people with lots of money you know that are unhappy and crazy, right? How many people you know that are broke, that are really happy? Well, if I could be well off financially and extremely happy, that's a good day for me. So we are Success Never Sleeps. As you come aboard, do put in the comments, say hi, tell me who you are, all that cool stuff. I love seeing people. Bob Poole. Bob Poole's always the first man here of the hour. Thank you, Bob. We are grateful that you choose to be here and you're hanging out here in the uh, after school camp birthday room slash second floor of One Martial Arts Milbray, where today we're going to be talking about the art of techniques, how to teach. You know, I know teaching to me is an art form. I love to teach. Uh, I've been teaching for well over, God, since I was 10, I'm 60, so close to 50 years. I would say I started teaching in my papa school at the age of 60. Chris, what's happening, Chris? How are you today, sir? So that's going to be the theme of the show. Let me start by thanking my sponsors. My sponsors, we have Market Muscles. Market Muscles is cool. I started using their blog a little more, and plus their vlogs, because if we don't keep our website active, if we're not constantly updating content, it could throw you down in the Google rankings. So I started to play with that a little more, and I can't believe how simple and easy that is. My studio, they just had the mass rank updates. I'm so excited about that. I went in yesterday. I looked under you know, participants. I went into programs from programs. I filtered by yellow belts. Now here's the challenge. All the yellow belts came up. So I had excellent kids, yellow belts. I had yellow, orange belts. So I'm going to figure out how to separate that at some point, but it's still not a bad day, right? So I sat there, all the yellow belts came up. I highlighted the yellow belts I wanted. I clicked update and it updated them all to the next rank. So the mass update that we wanted to be able to do with ranking in my studio is now active. Another really, really great feature is under events now. It's it's not a fixed menu, it's more dynamic. So I can have a drop down menu. So there's a number of options. So I lead the person signing up for the event to give me the information that I need. So after I can go back into that event and filter it and send automated emails to people that attended this event. Because the one thing I picked up at the My Studio Business Summit, which was very powerful to this day, 30% of our new leads are coming from what? digital marketing. The other 70% are coming from in-house events, community events, things of that nature. So the more we can manipulate that environment when they sign up for an event in my studio, the better off we're going to be. So that drop-down menu allows me to capture certain information. If I want to export a CVS file and put it into MailChimp, or download it as a PDF to follow up with phone calls. Again, I can filter that. I don't have to print this whole list of everybody who attended the event and have all my students in it. I can simply get the people that I need so I can automate and market to them properly. So I thought that's a cool new feature. They also have a URL link. You could put in a video, which is powerful, right? If I want to put a welcome video, things of that nature, super cool. The only challenge is it's going to leave and go to Vimeo or YouTube, wherever you post that video. That's, you know, that's cool. I can deal with that, but that to have the flexibility, knowing that video is king and being able to put some type of welcoming video, hey, we got our you know trunk or treat coming up, or hey, we've got this confidence anti-bullying workshop Friday night at this time. So anytime you can post a video in there, I think that's going to be a huge thing in getting more people to do what? Attend the event. Very, very powerful. So I love the steps they're making because we really understand that 70% of in-house marketing, it won't matter. If you can't have the flexibility to export that list, to post a video, to add, you know, different tabs to learn more about the people signing up. How old are you? Five? How old are you? Six? Put that in the drop-down menu. Another great feature under events, if you use it for bell testing and things of that nature, you could turn the waiver off, which is powerful because you know what? 
you may not need a waiver because you've already captured your students' information. So you might be doing an event where it's just for your students. You don't need to put the waiver in there and capture their signature and all that stuff again. Sound went off again. Hello, can't hear you. Marco, can you hear me? Marco, Marco, Marco. Let's check that, please. Somebody said, hello, we cannot hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you. What's up, Alyssa? So some people say they can hear me. Some people say they cannot. Oh, goodness. Let's make sure that you can in the craziness of all this. One, two, three, one, two, three. I just taught a kickboxing class in this room and everybody said, I can hear you. Tell me if you can hear me now. So those are some of the great features. Re quick recap of the My Studio updates. Number one, we can do mask rank updating. And that's super important. We have, what, 953 students today. I want to be able to update those ranks with ease. Second, under events now, I can go in there and put in a drop-down menu to capture more information so I know who this lead is going to be at whatever parents night out, buddy day, et cetera, et cetera. I can export the list by filters so I can only send an automated flow to the new people that attended the event, right? All on and on and on. Plus I could put in a video. All those things allow me to really customize this thing. And, and it's powerful because if we get 70% of our new leads from in-house marketing, we need that. Kids love life skills. You know, I was working with one of my clients who has another friend that is one of my clients, and they're really amazed how much their school has gone from 180 to 400. And the number one reason we filtered it down to is because they are a kids love life skills client. They're spending three to $400 a month on badges. That's just the badges. You have access to the support material, the student parent discovery sheet, the life talk, the instructor handout, the coloring sheet. But really, you're always gonna need to supplement those badges. And that's a good indication. If you're spending 25 bucks every six months on badges with us, you've missed the freaking boat. We use those badges and handouts at elementary schools we speak at. We use them at buddy days. I'll use it tonight at the anti-bullying workshop here at One Martial Arts Millbury. I'll use it tomorrow at the one in San Francisco. So those types of things. Why? And I shared this at the My Studio Business Summit. If you want to change the way people think about you right now, then stop using the word membership. How many use the word membership? Put it in the comments. Come on, put everybody on the spot. Everybody good? You can hear me? Marco, we're good? We're good? Yeah, I just keep looking in the comments. I want to make sure people can hear me, Marco. Just let me know every once in a while that I'm not going crazy, okay? So put it in there for me, Marco. How many of you still use the word membership? Who uses membership? Anybody? Go, go, go. Who uses the word membership? Okay, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. The challenge with that, Planet Fitness, their membership is $10. $10. So I understand for me, it's really my goal to help parents view us as an investment. Okay, before I lose my thought. So recently, Chris Rodriguez posted some two posters she uses in her school. And it shows the kid as a little bitty white belt. And it shows the kid as the black belt. We've all done that in some form or another, but to be that proactive and put it up on your wall, you know, I want to do more of that, a lot more of that, because what you're saying, here's this kid at, you know, five years old, shy, white belt. Here are they today, a strong teenager as a black belt. That shows a long-term investment. I like that type of imagery, but I want to be more consistent. I thought about going a step further and telling even more of a story. Have the kid here as a little, you know, white belt at five. Have them at year one, seven years old, year two at nine years old, year three at 11 years old, year four as a black belt, you know, at 13. Show a little more of a story. I think that's powerful. One of my standard social media ads, right? One of my standard social media ads that I use, I say, what does Cornell, Stanford, Boston University, and UC Berkeley have in common? All have students that have earned black belts at one martial arts. You see where I'm going with that? Super powerful, right? So we don't use the word memberships. We don't use the word uh, enrollment fee. We use none of that. 
enrollment plans, what we now use, and, and I'm going to give you privy to use this. Somebody asked me the other day, and it was so kind. He didn't have to do that, but it was very kind that he asked me if he could use this. Change it to tuition investment. If you want to make one simple mindset shift and potential new clients, parents bringing kids to us, that's what we do. So I taught this at the My Studio Business Summit. I'm going to give it to you right now. So one of the parts that we teach in our intro with the student and the parent, there we say, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, the first thing we're going to learn is our martial art position. We call this confidence. And you put your feet together, you put your hands to your side, you stand up tall, you look right at me. And can you say, confidence, sir? Confidence, sir. And this is our confidence stance. We call this confidence. And confidence means to believe in your, and the kid will respond with self. And in order to believe in yourself, you have to never give. They reply up, always do your best and love to work really, really hard. So ready, the parents going, this is pretty freaking cool. Then we turn around and say, and you know what? You've already learned self-defense because we want to dispel the myth that we're not teaching people to hit other people, that that's their solution for everything, right? And then we go, well, how so? Well, who is the bully going to pick on at school? The kid who stands like this with confidence, that never gives up, that always does their best and works really, really hard, or the kid who walks around like this with his head down? 99% will say the kid with his head down. So please stand like this, and you will show that confidence. And then we launch into, and when you work into, walk into Stanford University for the interview for the full scholarship, can you please stand like this? Take a breath, look at the parent and say, this is why parents view us as an investment for their child's personal development and future. Done. Write that down. You're welcome to keep that. Okay. Because we all teach attention, right? We all teach this. But if we tie it into the anti-bullying, we tie it into that. We're not teaching your kid to kick and punch somebody as a solution for everything. And you tie it into the investment. You've now just planted new seeds in this new parent's brain. And if they can turn around and look up on the wall and see what does Stanford, you know, Cornell, UC Berkeley and Boston University have in common. I'm going to put that up on our wall because I think that's very consistent with what we're trying to achieve. Right. If you have that, like Chris Rodriguez, I, I applaud her for that poster. You have the kid as a wipeout, the kid as a blackout. I don't want to inundate my walls with that, but there should be that those those, as we say, focal points right? Focal points. When I remodeled my home, I really learned about focal points. I have a big nine foot by five foot island, right? Everything's open space. I have a really beautiful fireplace. That's a focal point. The 74 inch TV, that's a focal point, right? This custom table I had made in Texas to seat like 15 people. It's one piece. There's no leaf. It took four guys to bring this thing in, into my house. That's a focal point. So when you do your school tour, what are your focal points? And I do believe if I can walk up to that poster of the kid as a white belt and a black belt, that's a focal point. If I can show another one where it says, what does Stanford Cornell, blah, blah, blah. That's another focal point. Our badge case, we've got all 50 badges. We walk up to that and say, we're so passionate. We are a life skills educator. They'll learn things like goals, self-discipline. Oh, that's a focal point. We have a coloring wall where kids do our coloring sheets uh, from Kids Love Life Skills. And every month we hang them up on the wall. At the end of the month, we choose three win winners randomly and they get a t-shirt. That's another focal point. And everyone decided to position us as what? As what? An investment. So that would be the huge shift I would highly recommend that I think is one of the reasons why during the pandemic, we went from 1,000 to 750. We're back up to 953 today, and we continue to thrive and survive. Good times are bad. And when I talk to generational businesses, and I'm very big on generational businesses, because, you know, think about how many people come and go in our industry. I'll wait. Lots of them, right? They're there. The next now wow thing. Next thing they're gone. Chris, you've been in business a long time, restaurants and everything. And what we've learned as a generational business, great service, great product. Great service, great product. That's it. And you have a great service, you have a great product, you're going to be in a much better position, a much better position through good times or bad. Because people trust that. If you consistently deliver, and Chris will agree with me on this, you know, if I walk into my favorite restaurant, 
and I order my favorite dish and you make it exactly like I like it. And you treat me the same dynamic, engaging, special way. I come back again. You serve my favorite dish exactly the way I like it. Same temperature, same spices, everything. Give me my favorite table. Give me the same experience. Love me. I come back again. But if you don't, I'll never go to your restaurant again. Last night, I was working with a new leadership group and of kids. And I said, how many of you have been to Disneyland? Once. How many of you been twice? Three. Every kid in that freaking room had been to Disney at least a half dozen times. And we put it down to because Disney is consistent. Disney consistently delivers the same product, the same experience each and every time. Now, if you can do that as the foundation of your staff training, the foundation of your curriculum development, the foundation of the experience you create, and you're always trying to improve upon that, I don't believe you're going to go wrong. Good times or bad. I believe consistent, you'll deliver that. You'll deliver that. You know, but you, as the owner, you have to know when to contract and know when to expand. And we are in a recession. I have no doubt. No doubt we are in a recession. But people say it's going to get worse in the next six to nine months. If you want to survive this after this freaking pandemic, then you should know when to contract and when to expand. We've already even right down to my subscriptions. We're going through everything right now. And we're cutting out frivolous things I don't need. Extra URLs. I've been saving at GoDaddy. Get rid of them. If I'm never going to use them, why pay for them year after year after year? Because somehow magically I might use them a decade from now. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. But being mindful of that, I know for myself, having opened the school 22 years ago during the dot-com bust, followed by 9-11, followed by the mortgage crisis, followed by the pandemic, followed by two deaths, two of my lead instructors died, that we always have the ability to contract and expand contract and expand. And that is the sign of a generational business, not a fly by night three to four years, make a lot of money and disappear. I'm talking about a generational business that year in and year out, year in and year out, year in and year out, they sustain. My papa's school just closed. They didn't survive the pandemic. He was open 50 plus years since 1970 in the same location. There's not a lot of people that can say that. And I'm very proud of that. But that's the one thing my papa taught me consistently deliver because people will trust you. They will trust you. Okay, cool. And what we got coming up, Marco, we got It's Time Live Balance. That's right. It's Time Live Balance. You know, it's our eighth event and it's such a special experience, you know, is because we spend four days, 20 people. That's it. Four days, kind of like a retreat where we go deep, we go hard, we get into systems, we get into branding, we get into culture, we get into staff development, we get into social media, we get into your financial situation, we get into wealth building. But that personal development part is so vital. I want to be a well-rounded entrepreneur, well-rounded. And the relationships you develop, they're forever. I mean, anytime I've facilitated this event, it's just been magical. If I, as the facilitator, learn and grow, I know I'm doing a really, really good event. But here's the caveat with that. That's so cool. This time, in honor of the eighth event, everybody that signs up for the four-day experience, you can have any of your team members come for the two-day event for only $99. That's right, $99 for the two-day event only, $99. So get signed up for that. And every one of your team members will be $99 because everybody has admitted that anytime they bring their team out here and they see the culture and the execution of what we do, because you watch classes all day, Saturday, we're on the mat, we're training. And then over that time period, they get it. They recognize, wow, this is how a $2 million business behaves. This is it. This is it. So I think it's a very unique opportunity. It's unlike anything. There's no flashing lights of Vegas. We're not chilling with a margarita on a beach. We're working for four days in a school, in a unique environment. We're hiking in the woods. We're doing all of this, these different things in a very unique way. I think it's a very comprehensive and cohesive learning environment, and you need to be there. Marco, put the link in there. Good. What's up, Jason Smith? All you guys that just say Facebook user, I can't see your name. I can't see your name. I want to see your name, the name of your school, where you're tuning in from. And if you can pop a picture in there, I love it. I love it. I love it. So everybody can hear me fine, Marco? Everything rolling good there? Nobody's cutting out? Good, 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 good. Good. All right. So, Marco, let's talk about the topic today. Teaching. You know, teaching for me is such an art form. And I will admit, and I'm going to be as 
humble as I can. Before the pandemic, I was teaching maybe, maybe if I chose to, two hours a week. It was more like two hours a month. And it was just the private lessons I had. And that's the God honest truth. And I will admit, through the pandemic, learning to make virtual work, learning to teach virtually, learning to do that taught me to teach at a much higher level, a much higher level. I'm back to teaching. Um, I'm down to two days a week, but prior to, I don't know, January or something, I was teaching 30 hours a week again. I, I was, and it really made a huge difference. I was walking my talk. I discovered so many new things, new teaching methods, new ways to interact, new ways to engage, new ways to make things happen. And that's been super powerful, which leads me up to, we're gonna turn this room into a recording studio and we're gonna reshoot all of our curriculum videos. Yep, that's right. It's our fourth version. And after all these years, 22 years, every so many years, we revamp the curriculum so it's relevant and up to date. While still, don't get me wrong, I maintain the integrity of Kenpo. I love Kenpo Karate. So the key dances, as they're called, we keep. We keep. But as far as the jujitsu, the arnis, the different things I want to incorporate, that we will expand upon. And more and more, we teach it, right? Remember, it's the same as we're in a rotating curriculum from January to December. We know exactly what we're teaching each class. So we continue to get better. But you know what? If we're not getting better, that's an indication of two things. One, the curriculum sucks. Two, it's not age level and skill level appropriate. How so? Original Kenpo, we were learned three forms as a white belt. One of the forms were called Iron Fan. This was taught in month one. Now you know where we teach it? We teach it in year four. Because when people developed katas and self-defense techniques back in the day, there was no rhyme or reason. There was no real progression. There wasn't. It's whatever you felt like teaching and making up and cultivating, right? And I get that. But today, if I don't see a clear path from white belt to black belt, if you don't have a clear system and a parent can't understand it, your retention is going to drop tremendously. Every parent knows. They look up at the board we have in the school. It says yellow stripe one learn week. Great. This week, we're learning yellow stripe one. Week two, yellow stripe earn week. Great. I'm earning this stripe. Every parent can walk up to an instructor in my school and say, hi, what should my child practice? And we will say, go into the app, look under the books, look under level one and study yellow stripe one. We'll even walk them through it. Back in the day, what a pain that was to be in between classes all alone. Someone comes up and goes, what should my kid practice for next class? Yeah, we're working on ripping tiger and you go like this, you know, and they go, what the hell? Right. And you're trying to have this song and dance while you get into your next class, explaining the nuances to a non-martial artist who just wants their kid to be successful. Now, with the app, with the curriculum videos, we're a very direct line. That's all gone. That's all gone. All gone. All gone. So make sure when you're designing curriculum, who are you designing it for? You or them? So when you shoot your curriculum videos, the first part is going to really sit there and you're going to be going, wow, this works for me. But would this work for a seven-year-old white belt kid that's never done martial arts ever, 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 ever? It won't. So that's been a huge humility for us. But when the day's done, again, because I hear my, my old school martial artists, my fellow martial artists going, that's blasphemous. You're watering down Kenpo. No. When they test for black belt, they do everything I did for black belt in 1979. Pretty much. See, so that integrity has always been maintained. Those are core values, not ego, narrow minded thinking, core values that we want to preserve. I love Kenpo. I love my grandmaster, great grandmaster Castro. God rest his soul. You know, I love Rick Alamany. I want to make sure that that part of Kenpo is preserved. Right. You kind of go to a historical building sometime that's been completely remodeled. Right. And you will see it. They have a facade in a corner of the original brick wall and the plumbing and blah, 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 blah. That's where I'm at with Kenpo today. I want to preserve the key dances. Right. The key dances are like seven or eight of them. The key dances. But what I put around that is going to keep us relevant, relevant for today's audience that we're working with. And that is why we have curriculum videos. Good curriculum videos, not demo videos, people. Help me out. I don't mean a Pumze from freaking half a mile away with no microphone. There's a huge echo going on, and your back is to me going like this, right? That doesn't cut it. 
we have strong curriculum videos that go over what was learned in class. We work the troubled spots that the majority of the class is having troubles with. And then at the end of the video, we say, here is the demo. This is how you're supposed to do it to earn your stripe. So there was a clear progression there because when I first started studying curriculum videos back, I don't know, 20 years ago when nobody had them, everything's a demo video. Nothing was an instructional video per se, nor was it an instructional video geared towards who? Kids. Kids. Now, I'm gonna, not going to use some freaking rabbit dancing around with a bunch of emojis and all that stuff. I've seen that. You want to do that in your curriculum videos? Fine. I don't believe as a parent, they will view you as an investment for their child if you do that. I'm a parent. I want to see a clean, educational, one-camera shot that really explains age specifically and skill level specifically the curriculum to my child. Where what happens? My child feels empowered, my child feels challenged, and my child feels successful. Write that down. Empowered, challenged, and successful. That's what your curriculum should be for any age group, even with my adults. I want to make sure that I'm creating that type of dynamic curriculum. Okay? Great. So with a technique, let's take something very fundamental. We all teach a front kick. Everybody, we teach a front kick, right? Right, we all do. Someone gets up there, right, Roland Osborne style. Hey, but I'm really excited. I'm going to teach you this technique today. It's called a front kick. It looks like this. Ayah! 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 Who wants to learn that technique? It's super cool, blah, blah, blah. Okay, right, we all do that. And that's cool. I get that. I get that. So you want to introduce the technique in a really engaging, rah-rah manner. That part is cool. But after that, what do you do? Well, what do we know? Let's talk age-specific, skill level-specific. This is a collective. Help me out. Put it in there. What's the biggest challenge when you're teaching a front kick to a white belt? Go. Put it in. Put it in. And while you do that, I'll thank one sponsor I forgot, LC Accounting, my sister, Letitia. I love you, Letitia. You know, we always put an extension on our taxes to, to October 15th. That way I can take money and make it work for me right? I don't want to pay all this tax dollar for the previous year on April 15th and then not have this money working for me in the, in the market throughout the year. So I put my extension to October 15th, right? And again, we did really, really well, right? And it's been a song and dance. I've been jumping through hoops, right? Jumping through hoops. Okay. Chris, Chris put it in there. Pointing toes out or snapping kick out and in. Very good. That's wonderful, sir. So we'll begin with that. Number one, the biggest challenge with teaching a kick to a child is balance. They have no balance. So let's take balance out of the mix. What are we going to do? We're going to sit them on their butt. That's number one. Sit them on their butt facing the mirror. Now I'm going to do this sideways and pretend the mirror is over here. I sit them on their butt. Take balance out of the mix. So they're not hopping up and down on one leg while they're trying to do this freaking kick. Now we know they don't bend their knee. So it needs a count. One, bend your knee. Two, Push your foot towards the mirror. Okay, now I want to see the ball of your foot. Unless you kick with a front kick with the top of the foot, that's a different kick. Let's use the ball of foot for all intents and purposes. Okay, you guys, we got to use the ball of our foot. They're looking at you like you're freaking Greek. They don't know what that means. So there's two ways to do that. One, point your toes like this. Two, just move your toes. One, point your feet down like a ballet dancer. Two, Move your toes like this. That's one way to teach it. You know what my dad used to do, which I use all the time with the kids. Okay, everybody do this, right? It is muscle memory we're after. We have the kids so, to do this on a front kick. We'll say front kick, heel kick, front kick. Okay, walk around like a zombie, heel kick. And we'll do that because what we're fundamentally doing is doing what? Muscle memory, muscle memory, muscle memory. So again. We start them off by sitting them on the bottom. We say one, one, two, two, three, four. One, one, two, two, three, three, four. Awesome. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Good. Now, when I say one, you're going to throw a front kick and go, ayah. Ready? One, ayah. Make sure your foot goes back on the ground. Two, ayah. Make sure you put your foot back on the ground. Three, ayah. So we start from the ground. So even though it's one fluid motion, you want to break it down by numbers because it also, you know what it allows us to do? It allows us a teaching aid. It's a point of reference. So again, if I'm here and I go one, 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 you bend your knee. 
Wow, look at little Johnny with his knee bent. How many people can bend their knees like Johnny? Because if you bend your knees like Johnny, you're going to have a super power ranger ninja turtle front kick. Great. Wonderful, right? So then I can say two, two. Okay, who has their toes up, but they're pointing their foot at the mirror. Awesome. Three, three. Three is the same as number one, who has their knee bent. And four, put your foot down. That's simple, right? But if you don't start by taking balance out of the mix, every kid is fixated on multitasking and trying to maintain their balance. So what's the next step? The next step on that front kick, I need to get you on your feet. If you have the wall space, we do. You know, we would have the kids go up to the pony wall, put both hands on the pony wall, and we would repeat the same set. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, right? That's it. I want to grab one more prop because it works magic. So the big thing is I hear a lot of school owners say to the students, re-chamber, re-chamber. That does not mean anything to a child. Re-chamber means absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing, right? So I want to be mindful of that. Another thing we're very passionate about, to have a powerful front kick, I understand that the muscles need to contract right? We know when somebody throws a front kick, relax, relax, but at the point of impact, boom, for a second, the hips shoot forward, everything tightens up, and that's what gives the acceleration or that power of the front kick. Of course, we can say breathe into the ball of your foot. We save that for the teens and adults. If the kids key up, we're happy. It's a good day, right? I can't expect them to see the visualization of their breath going right into the ball of the foot when they execute a front kick. You with me? But that's so, you know, kung fu, kumbaya, people really dig it as an adult. They want to visualize that breath. And we know in the martial arts, it's very powerful, but it's advanced learning. So the next thing we have learned is that by having them hold the technique out there, right? For example, um, if I'm doing this front kick and we tell the kids one, one, two, two, and they're here holding that foot out, we will take a paddle and run down the line as the kids are against the wall. And we'll go like this, pow, 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 pow. And we're hitting the ball of their foot. We're hitting the ball of foot because what happens when you hit the ball of their foot? It contracts. The whole body tightens up, tightens up, tightens up. I learned that when I was teaching an in block, folks. I said, okay, let's do the in block. And I went like this to hit the kid. And he goes, he went like this. I went, oh, okay. He's afraid I'm going to hit him. So let's get them in the block, get them in the position of the block, let them hold that block there. And we run down the line, hitting every kid's arm. We run down that line. That's been so powerful. Then what's the next level of that, right? The next level on that kick is I'm going to hold the pad stationary, just like on the block. I'm going to hold this pad stationary so they can go to it without over, right? Without overcompensating or ending up out here. You hold the pad exactly where you need that block to go and they make contact with it. That has cleaned so many things up because the thing we understand, kids learn visually, Rechamber. That none of that means diddly to a kid. Now, Chris is saying, and I agree with him, snapping the kick out and in. Try having that conversation with a six-year-old. Okay, snap your kick out and in. It would never happen in a day. So all you got to do now is say, don't touch the ring of fire. Hold the new, hold the ring here, and hold the pad here. That's it. So whether we're using a wave master and they're doing a line drill, or I'm going down the line, you know, say I got three kids in the line. All right, ready? One, aya. Two, aya. Three, aya. Don't touch the ring of fire. Your foot's going to melt off. I'll never have to say rechamber. This ring has made our, our whole teaching of front kick seamless. We hold it there. Don't touch the ring. Kick the pad. That's it. That's it. So that'll take care of that snapping in and out. Yeah, the pointing of the toes is always going to be a challenge on a front kick. But I kid you not, when I used to watch my papa walk around the house like this, I thought he was nuts. We do a game. You know, the kids can play this game. If they go like this, they're out. They have to stay like this and walk around the school and try to tag each other. Again, it's muscle memory, Chris, right? The goal is we don't do this all day. We do this all day. So muscle memory, the kid's always going to do a front kick like that. Always, always. So if I want that to change, then I have to change the muscle memory. You good? And then of course, the next level of the front kick is we stand them up, whatever stance you get them in, and then they execute that front kick, right? We can do it as on the bag. We can do it for form. See, each part of your training serves purpose, right? What is the bag for? Power, right? 
What, what is the small red target or this for? Focus, for accuracy, right? What is holding this hypothetically on, on, on my ribs for? To give them a legitimate target, like for sparring. I can do that too. Or of course, I can use the bigger kicking shield and hold it this way if I want a more dynamic drill. Let's say I got eight kids around me in a circle, right? I can go like this. I can go like this. I can go like this. Or of course, I can hold it this way and go into them if I want something a little more reactive and interactive. So it's really understanding what each target is for and what you use it for. That makes a huge difference. Huge difference. I went to one school and I was working with a school learner and he's screaming at everybody, kick as hard as you can. Who could kick the hardest? And his poor little white belt is holding this freaking thing like this. And I watch it go boom into his face. I watch his kid hit his head on the ground. He's done. He's done. He's done. So we're really mindful of that, not to let kids hold pads until they're older and it's more appropriate. And now because of sparring, we use their own gloves and stuff. You know, getting pads on and off and all that can be a huge pain. So we tend to do a lot of the drills ourselves. We do it very quick. We do it fast. And we're running 30 to 40 kids in a class. Cool? All right. Put some more questions in there. Otherwise, I'll launch into another standard technique that we all teach. Good stuff, right? And, and it is because I, I, you know, teaching for me is really my core product. And that's why everything in our school is automated. You walk into the school, you do attendance through an iPad, you sign up through a QR code. Everything's done that way. We teach. That's where we make our money. That's where the magic happens. That's where the Disney experience happens. It does not happen when you're buying tickets for Disneyland online. It doesn't. It happens in the park. So we want to get to that point with everything that we do. Come on, no one's got anything. And while you're here, please share with me. I can still hear you. I just checked Facebook. Thank you, Marco. Who else is here today? I see a lot of people hanging out. Say hello. Say hello. And I've done it. I've worked with school owners on the curriculum for jujitsu, kung fu, shotokan. It's not what you teach. It's how and why you teach it. Right? And I love designing drills and curriculum. You know, I, I was working with... Um, a jujitsu guy and he was doing technical stand-up and I said, okay, well, you know, show that to me, show that to me, right? Show that to me. Okay, good. Well, how do you teach that? Well, we go like this. We tell everyone, yeah, you do it like this, right? You do it like this, put your hands down, swing up to standing position. I said, okay, but how do you teach that? How do you teach that? Right? Hey, what's up, Bade? Vincent there from, from Chicago. So I said, okay, let's break that bad boy down. Let's talk about one. Good. Right? One, two, raise the hip. Three, put the foot out. Four, put both hands on the ground. Five, take that leg that's in the air, bring it under you. Six, come up to standing position. Why did I put six counts in there, right? For my jujitsu buddies. So number one, put your hand up to protect your face so he can't hit you. Does everybody have their hand up? Guess what? We went down the line and high-fived everybody. Everybody. So we did a high-five, right? We did the whole high five, pa, 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 pa. Two, raise that hip up. Now, when they were up like this on the hip, guess what, guess what we did? We took this noodle like this and we ran down the line going, okay, I shouldn't be able to touch your legs. That leg should be up in there. We ran down the line and that was a fun game too. We actually had a fun draw of that because we'd have the kids you know, come up to us like this. Okay, and we're here, right? And the hand's already up. And we told him, okay, when I bring the noodle, don't let me get you. Whoa, and they had to raise up. Don't let me get you. Whoa, we had to raise up. Don't let me get you. We had him raise up. And then what's the next thing you think I did? I put a pad over there. He had a noodle here, which he ran under the kid. He had a pad there that the kid could kick. On and on and on. And so you cultivate these drills, even though we know when the day's done, how many moves in a technical stand-up? One. One fluid motion. But it's all the little things you do in between that make it successful or not. You with me? Who's with me on this? So <clears throat> I know people don't teach this way per se. We do because we wanna have fast dynamic classes. Anyone who's ever came out for its time, tell me, do our classes have downtime? Go. Anyone who's been out to my schools and spent a couple of days, do our classes have downtime? And they're gonna tell you no, because I'm very, I'm, I'm adamant about that. You know, it's kind of like when I was at Disneyland, I was in, in Cars Land, and the front of this facade is so decorated and cars, wow, I'm in Cars, the movie. Then I walked to the back of this freaking thing, 
And I looked at the back and it was fully decorated. Nobody looks back there. Nobody looks back there. But why does Disney do that? Because it's the total experience, right? It's the total package. Someone said, I wouldn't use a noodle on technical stand-up. What's the pattern? All that. Da, 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 da. I said, well, because to me, it makes perfect sense. If I'm down here like this, I need to protect my face. So high five. Two, I run the noodle other so he learns to lift this hip. You sit there and tell a six-year-old, lift your hip, lift your hip. That doesn't mean diddly. You tell him to, you tell him to get out of the way of this noodle when I try to get this leg, he's going to go like this. What other way is he going? He's not. And then from here, there's a pad on the other side for him to kick. Now I'm holding my foot on the pad as the hand comes down. And then I tell him, move away from the mirror, right? Say the mirror's over there. Move away from the mirror. And when both hands come up like this, guess what we do? Pop with a double high five. And we double high five the kid. You with me? So we're, we're, we're taking care of all those different things, all those different things. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Jason. Yep. No downtime. No downtime. I'm, I'm really huge on that because you got them for 40, 45 minutes. It should be the most dynamic, fast-paced learning environment. Fast, fast. But it really requires you to take a technique and break it down at the micro level. So there's a technical stand-up. Right. And I did that with a jujitsu. And he was so happy. Another one was shooting. Right. They were shooting like this and all the kids were doing this and the legs weren't moving. And there's a lot of stuff going on. So when they when we taught him to shoot, I said left foot, right. That was the first drill because we always start with the base. Left foot, right. Good. Left foot, right. Let's practice that. Everybody touch your left leg. Touch your left leg. What leg is this? Left. What leg is this? Left. What leg is this? Left. Okay, move the left leg towards the mirror. Always utilize a reference. And I think that's why virtually we were killing it. Because I could say, Johnny, face your bed. Johnny, turn to the window on your right. We gave them anchors and references that worked really, really fast. So if I can tell them, touch your left leg, neurologically, it's stimulating that. No, no, Johnny, the other leg. Oh, okay. Here's the left one. Then I say, move towards the mirror with that leg. I've literally had kids have to hold it with two hands and go like this because it just doesn't connect, right? Then we move left foot, right. Good. We move left foot, right. Good. We move left, right. What's the downside of shooting? Kids do this. So what did we do? We had a noodle. They had to go under the noodle. Fix, camera, fix. What's going on? Sorry about that. Okay. So we had them go under the noodle. So they went left foot right as they went under the noodle. Left foot right, they went under the noodle. Left foot right, they went under the noodle. Last but not least, we had a cool target like this for them to wrap up. And they wrapped up the pad. And they wrapped it up, right? They wrapped arms around the shield. So it is. It's parkour. It's freaking American Gladiator. It's designing these drills and stuff to, to cultivate that. And that's why when I walk into a class, if that equipment rack is packed and nothing's off, it's a bad day bad, bad, bad day. It's a bad day. Okay. It's a bad day. So <clears throat> what's a, What's a technique? Anyone got one? Anyone dare to take a chance? Thank you, Chris, for that previous one. If you don't, I'll go on to another one. I got a million of them because I've been blessed to work with schools. Like I shared all over the world and I'm big on curriculum design. I'm, as you can see, I'm just, my heart's racing. I'm so passionate about martial arts and teaching at the age and skill level appropriate. It's not with a freaking cartoon and shit. I'm sorry. It's not my gig. I'm a teacher. I'm not a freaking clown. That's not me. That's And again, that's just my heart. My heart, I want to elevate martial arts to the level of Apple. I want to elevate martial arts to the level of Harvard, you know? And I think we have to understand who the buyer is. The buyer is the parent. The parent doesn't need a freaking dancing dog. The parent needs a good educational system with clear goals or clear expectations going from white to black, life skills, you know, tuition investment. That's what they need. Clearly, that's what they need. Otherwise, just take your kid to freaking Disneyland. Okay? So that's my, my viewpoint. Only mine. It's not necessarily the right way or the wrong way. So don't call me out on that. It's your gig. You figure it out. Nobody has a new technique? Come on, come on. Okay, so I'm going to move forward. What's another standard one we teach? Cross punch, right? Everybody teaches a cross punch. Again, what's the challenge? I understand again, breaking down the kinesiology when a technique in the power of the punch is not in the hand. It's not in the arm. The power of the punch begins where? With that first step. Kinetically, when I take this first step, boom, I root my foot to the ground. That energy travels up the leg, through the hips, into the torso, into the arm, down into the fist, and it finishes with the punch. So technically, when you punch, what's the last thing that happens? The punch. The last thing that happens 
is the punch. Everybody with me? The last thing that happens is the punch. So what do we do? Same breakdown. Everybody put your hands behind your back. Let's go left foot right, right foot left, left foot right, and right foot left. So I'll do it this way, okay? Left foot right and right foot left, left foot right and right foot left. Now show me left foot right. You cannot tell kids to turn their hips. But what I can say is point your belly button at the mirror or put your belt knot at the mirror. Is your belly button pointed at the mirror? Oh no, Johnny, your belly button's pointed out at the street, sir. Can you point your belly button at the mirror? Awesome. Now with your back foot, tap it on the ground, not with your toes. That's the ball of your foot. Just like when we do a front kick, huh? Show me the ball of your foot. Good. And who can bend their knees? Awesome. And right foot left. Left foot right and right foot left. Left foot right and right foot left. Awesome. Now, everybody sit down like a black belt. We're going to face the corner like this. All right. So when we're in our sparring stance, both hands are this way. Let's see it. Good. Let's try that again. Everybody, please raise your left hand. Raise your left hand. What hand is this? Left. What hand is this? Left. Good. Put your left hand here in front of your face. Awesome. Now, please raise your right hand. What hand is this? Right. What hand is this? Right. And put that one right in front of your face. Yeah. Can everybody do that? Make sure you're not like this. Don't be like freaking Mickey Mouse. Put it like this. Okay, good. Now, then the second part of that is learning how to punch. Now, we understand being more advanced, you don't punch from here. It closes and you punch. That way the, the punch is loose, it's dynamic, and when you hit your target, you move faster, right? I learned that in boxing as a teenager, as a teenager. So, but what we wanna teach the kids to make a proper fist, put your hands up like this, close your hand like this, and put your thumb like this. Now, believe me, this has been huge for us folks. If I tell a kid this is a reverse punch, it doesn't mean anything. If I tell them you have to have a sideways thumb, they get it all day, every day. Because in Kenpo, we punch like this, we punch vertically. So we say, okay, thumbs up, everybody. Thumbs up, please. We do a hammer fist to the groin. We say thumbs down. Okay, thumbs up. Show me thumbs up. That's a vertical punch. Good. Thumbs down. That's a hammer fist to the groin. Excellent. And this is a reverse punch. We know it's a reverse punch because its thumb is sideways. Ah, man, that just happened one day. I was like, why didn't I do that 30, 40 freaking years ago? It really cleans that up tremendously. I watched a kid punch like this the other day on a reverse punch. And he said, yeah, my thumb is sideways. I said, you know what? Now I need to come up with another one. Oh my goodness. So what do I need to say? Okay. You can't see your fingers. Okay, great. And your thumb is sideways, but kids teach us, right? Kids will teach us. So now when we take this and we've got them sitting down, they're learning to close their hand and throw the punch, right? Throw the punch. They're throwing the punch. And when they throw the punch, is your belly button facing the mirror? Good. Is your left hand in front of your face? Good, because you have to protect your face. You have to protect your face. You have to protect your face. Awesome. And one of the standard drills I will do, and I don't want them to hit the pad with the, so we'll hold this, right? And we'll hold it here. They'll punch here. And this one, they put their hand in front of their face. They punch here. And this one's in front of their face. That cleans that up all day, because what do kids do? Boom, they throw this punch and their face and body are wide open. They're wide open. Or even worse, they go like this. They go like this, right, with two hands. So all we want them to do, if this pad is up here, this paddle, they walk up to the paddle. They walk up to the paddle. And then the other paddle here is where they throw the punch. Cool? So now when the day's done, then we put it all together. Come on there, camera. Okay. So then we put it all together. We go left foot right, punch. Good. Is your belly button facing the mirror? Good. Do we have the thumb going sideways where you can't see your fingers? Good. Is your other hand in front of your face? Excellent. What is this called? Cross punch. What is this called? Cross punch. Awesome. Back to your spying stance. Ready? Go left foot right. Cross punch. Back spying stance. Le right, left foot right. Cross punch. Okay, everybody stay there. Then we run down the line and what do we do? Pop, pop, pop pop and we hit that hand. So it learns, it learns to tighten. It learns to tighten. It learns to tighten. They think it's so fun. You know, and then I'll go to somebody who's really little, about two feet two. She's about five years and I'll go, oh, you're so strong. And I really overacted and she's just like tickled pink and the parents tickled pink. But those types of things are Disney moments, right? We're always looking for those magic moments. They're, they're at your school every day. The parent in the waiting area who's got a really crushed look on her face. And you go, ma'am, are you okay today? What's going on? 
And I had a mom the other, she goes, you know, my son, he's just, it's so challenging, da, 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 da. And we had a great conversation. That's what people invest in relationships. So we're looking for those moments all the time. Same thing on the mat. Yesterday, I think I shared this in a video. Um, part of earning their stripe is they'll take turns being leaders. Now, with 30 plus kids in the class, not everybody can be a leader. That's just the way it is. But this one kid I watched, he was just dynamite, man. He knew the stripe. He had it. And I called his name. And it was like the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland. This kid went like this smile came up and he strutted to the front of the class. I gave mom a glance and she's going. So see all that. I could have missed all of that though, folks. You see where I'm going with that? Boom. I had this triage going. Pow, pow, pow. The kid got up. He led that class. I kind of moved out of the way, you know, so he's leading and I'm looking at mom. She's looking at me. So I really utilized that moment and this kid nailed it. So what did I lead that into? Sir, you practiced, didn't you? Yes, sir. I did. Parents, that's why I'm encouraging you. Make your kids practice whether they like it or not because this is the result. This is the confidence they gain. I give him a big hand and he got a stripe. So again, you know, but if you're still trying to figure out how to teach a cross punch, you're never going to get to that level. You're never going to get to that level. So that's a cross punch. So you see where I'm going with this when the day's done. I've got pads everywhere. I, I'm always trying to look at a technique and go, how can we teach it more efficient? How can we teach it more efficient, right? And that's what it's all about for me. One more, and, and this one I'll do quickly. What's a standard one we have? Turn and down block, step and punch, right? Pum says, Shotokan, they turn and down block, they step and punch. This turn and down block will never happen. Never, ever, never, ever happen as a white belt. So what needs to happen at that white belt level? We move linear, spar with anybody. They're not going to move in a circular fashion. That's very sophisticated. Any beginner spar will move in a straight line, forward and back. So we developed a drill. Step forward with your left foot. Step and punch. Go back to your red dot. And that's the other thing I didn't even share with you. Oh, my God. We have these great, wonderful dots that stick on the ground. They're peel and stick. So... You know, we have everybody, they're spaced out properly so nobody can kick each other in class. And we would never, I think it's such huge downtime. You stand here, you stand here, you stand here, and you're using people and moving them by their shoulders. Please don't do that. What a waste of freaking time. We have red dots on the floor and the kids are sitting in the waiting area. We'll say, okay, next class, everybody on a red dot, go. Five, four, three, two, one. Boom, they're on that red dot. So let's look at that drill. Touch your left leg, touch your left leg, touch your left leg. What leg is this? Left. Step forward with your left leg. Good. Can you see your toes? You can. Okay, bend it more. You can't see your toes. Good. Then step forward with the right leg. Awesome. Go back to your red dot. Ready? Again, touch your left leg, touch your left leg. Step forward with your left leg. Good. Now step forward with the right leg. Awesome. So we get the stance first. So the big thing is, how do they make this turn? How do they make that? Very easily. Let's say you're the mirror. I'll say, everybody, okay, you, you face it straight this way. Everybody turn and look at the mirror. Good. Touch your left leg. Uh, and let me do it backwards. I don't have my uh, my logic capture on, so I'm teaching you backwards right now. Am I? Oh, no, no. Yeah, I am. See, that's the thing. Though. First thing virtual, just before I lose my mind, I know this is my right hand, but for you, it looks like the left. So we use a thing called logic capture, but StreamYard wouldn't accept it today. So I'm going to teach backwards. All right. So touch your left leg. Touch your left leg. What leg is this? Left. All right. Turn to the left and look in the mirror. Everybody looking in the mirror? Good. Take that left leg, and I want you to point your toes and move towards the mirror. Awesome. Good. And step to the mirror again. Awesome. Let's try that again. Everybody standing on your red dot? Good. Touch your left leg. Touch your left leg. What leg is this? Left. What leg is this? Left. Turn and look to your left. Look into the mirror. Good. Take your left leg and point your toes at the mirror. Good. Now step forward with the other foot. Awesome. And that's the beginning of it. And, of course, we add in the punch later and all that. But to start this way and immediately expect the kid to turn and down block, you're nuts. You're nuts. We will kneel that kid down and say, okay, we're going to learn a down block, everybody. Raise your, raise your left hand like this. Close it. Put it here. I want you to touch your ear and say one, two, one, two. And we do one, two for a while. And then we'll go one, two, one, two, one, two. Let's put it together. One, two, one, two, one. Too. And then if we had the stance, we all learned that stance and everything, we would say, okay, everybody, look to the left. All right, you're going to take that left leg. When you point your toes, we're going to say one, one, two, 
two. Good, step forward with the other foot. Three, three, and reverse punch. Four, four. Oh, check that thumb. Does that thumb go sideways? That is a reverse punch. On and on. But when the day's done, it's going to be one fluid motion with no numbers, no words, no pads, nothing. But how do you get there? That's the art of teaching. I think the challenge with so many instructors, because you've been training for so long, you are there. You can't teach like you're there. You have to teach here, white belt, six years old, and your job is putting pads, steps, words, songs, dances to get them there. Who's with me on that? Anybody with me on that? All right. Hey, God, we're almost out of time. I could do this all day, all day, all day. I love curriculum. I learned very, very early in my life. Great service, great product. That's what my grandma taught me growing up in coffee shops, sweeping them. Great service, great product. So do you have great service from the front to the back? And do you have a great product? I know we're all famous in our own minds. My white tiger is better than your eagle claw kung fu. I don't care. You could be better than me all day. My goal is to teach better and I will do whatever it takes. I'll grab a pad, a dot, a ring, whatever it takes to empower, challenge, and inspire that young student with goals, tangible goals that get them there. So that's a big thing is stop teaching from here, right? Me, in this case, 50 plus years of training and teaching. No, I need to teach from here. I have that vision in mind, but teach from here where that six-year-old kid gets it gets it. My floor is covered. I got dots. I got pads everywhere right now, but this is what it takes. And it's fun and it's engaging. And once you nail it, there is no downtime. All these pads are pulled in between class. They're sitting there. We're ready to go. There is no downtime. I'm very adamant. One of our core values, one of our brand absolutes, no downtime, zero downtime. And that's our goal because if we can teach that type of dynamic class then we believe that'll improve our retention incredibly. It'll go a lot further than a Facebook ad or any digital marketing you can do. And I believe that's the big key to our success as we've back up to 953 students in a very rough environment right now. You know, we're feeling the recession first because all these tech companies where we're at are laying off like crazy. Google laid off, Facebook laid off, you know, Tesla laid off. I mean, everybody's laying off right now. So I believe the recession's here and it's going to trickle across all of America. And we're all going to feel it. And I really believe if we are an investment in a parent's eyes, because I'm a parent, I will eat freaking top ramen before my kids will know I can't give them the good, finer things in life. That's it. My kids will get their basketball. They'll get their martial arts. They'll get their Disneyland. I will eat freaking top ramen if it came down to that. I will. I will. I have no challenge with that. Zero challenge. And, and I'll share this. This is a very candid thing. But I learned that during that first year of the pandemic, I personally went from taking home over $600,000 in 2020. I took home like $160,000. That's what I took home. So with the PPP, the EIDL, all that stuff, every one of my guys, full salary. Two of my guys bought homes during the pandemic. Both schools, rent got paid. All my bills, all my property tax, everything. I just found out for the year that passed uh, in 2022, I'm taking home well over 500,000. That works all day, right? But the point is, I know who I am. I would never let anybody determine my value or self-worth or the impact or what I contribute to the world and the martial arts industry based upon the number of zeros in my pocket and my bank or how thick my wallet is, right? And we won't mention my other companies and investments. That's just the schools. But see, the ability to contract willfully with the strategy, I want to keep my team intact because I'm going to need this team when we come out of the pandemic. They're going to be my building blocks. My core team stayed on full salary through the pandemic because they are the nucleus. They are the foundation. And that's what we can build upon. I don't want to start all over with a bunch of teenagers. No freaking way. The average tenure has been 10 years or longer with my core team now as employees. I'm proud of that 401k, vacation pay, but that's a whole nother success never sleeps. But do you see where I'm going with this? I work with people because I am you. I am in the trenches, right? I might be a couple more zeros at the end of the bank account, but I still behave in many ways 
like the mom and pop school owner because I like being in my schools. I love being on the mats. I love working curriculum with you. I'm 60 years old. People say, you don't act 60. What the hell is 60 supposed to be like? I'm the five-year-old kid on the mat. I'm still the five-year-old kid on the mat. And that is part of my success and my mindset is that ability to step on this mat each and every day and see the martial arts through the eyes of a five-year-old kid. So when I make girls and skills, I'm thinking through those eyes because I was the five-year-old kid. Let me thank my sponsors. Big thank you to Market Muscles. Big thank you to my studio, Kids Love Life Skills, LC Accounting. Spread the word. I think what we do here with Success Never Cease is a very unique experience. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Subscribe to this on a podcast. They're both available on both platforms, podcasts as well. Spread the news because I really want to raise the bar. The 90 plus percent of this industry are made up of mom and pop schools with 100 students, 150. The people at the top who are giving us advice, they got no problem. They own real estate. They own so much, right? I believe for what we do, you need to be a hands-on owner. You need to be in the trenches. You need to be cultivating that to a certain level. Not all the time, but to a bit. Cool? And that's just me. And if you believe in it, share this video with as many people as you can. Join our disruptor group. Think about coming out to balance. April 15th through 18th, 20 people, only 20. That we've always kept it that way. It's a very disciplined event, but it's magic. And you can bring your team for $99 a person. Cool. Thank you, Marco, for holding up the back end on this. I am Brandon Beliso. This is Success Never Sleeps. Until we talk again, what are you going to go out there and do? Live your best life. (laughs) 